Hello, I'm Daniel Sketchler. And I'm Callum Byrne. We've been friends for more than 10 years, sharing lifelong passions such as film and music. But most importantly, football, through the ups and the downs, the celebration and the heartbreak. However, he's a blue nose. And he's a villain. This is the Second City Podcast. Good evening, Dan. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. Um, yeah, week three. This is we said it last week, <laughs> but it's really a thing now. This is proper now. It's a hat trick already for the. Yeah, <laughs> is it the perfect hat trick though? Right foot, left foot, head ass. What? Well, uh, I, I guess, I guess. <laughs> um, I guess. I think yeah, no, but it's been fun. We're enjoying doing it, and um, it's kind of been interesting as well because obviously just hugely um kind of defining times for our clubs it feels like especially seeing as both clubs have started for the most part so well as well this season it'd be interesting to see how the podcast evolves <laughs> and we inevitably decline <laughs> more, probably I, I can't imagine having to have done this maybe like three or four years ago no, like when we were like when we were like struggling in the championship going oh i'll do the podcast yeah true and i mean the last seven or eight years for Blues really it's probably been it's, uh, we said last week it'd been our best start to the season in 15 years I think it's still the case after four games which is re- like remarkable really um after four league games but yeah so this week we're going to talk about obviously uh Blues had a league game last weekend against Plymouth we played in the cup uh we're recording this on Wednesday we played in the cup last night Obviously, Villa have had a really eventful week uh, in the league and also return to Europe. So we'll get into all of that and we'll talk a little bit about some transfer news and then look ahead to this weekend's games. Uh, if that all sounds good with you, Cal. I don't have any complaints. Uh, no. If you are listening to us for the first time, or it might even be your second or third time, do subscribe on whatever platform you're on, whether that be YouTube, Google, Spotify, whatever it is uh, remember to subscribe and if you can give a five star rating and to all the friends and family that are listening and watching i can see the analytics and i know you haven't done any of those yeah. things so do it yes, we want- <laughs> otherwise there'll be no christmas cards this year no no secrets on that um, <laughs> although first we need to get into what we're wearing which is the feature we do every week uh i wear a blue shirt obviously as the blues fan callum wears one of his villa shirts one of his many villa shirts and we just talk about our memories from that time um, and, you know, that season, when we got it, what year it's from and so on. So start with you, Carl. Because it's very... Yeah. You know, let me guess first. Uh, can I see the sponsor? NTL. So it's a grey... NTL, yeah. It might be like Enkelman era, that. The badge is very old. <laughs> I'm going to say 2000... Yeah, 2002. Oh, Am I... damn. Am I right? Am I correct? You are on the money. 2001, oh, really? 2002 away oh. shirt. Yeah, I mean, it does have very keeper vibes about it, actually. I mean, it's not as as an away shirt goes. It's not actually that nice, but it's uh, it's um, it, yeah, it's retro, isn't it? It's 2002 retro, crikey. Oh, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this was my dad's shirt, actually, and I think he was going to get rid of it, and I was like, oh, don't throw the shirts away, Dad. Don't because. There's another shirt I've got, which is a remake upstairs, which I'll wear eventually. And Dad had the original of it. I right. got rid of it, and it was very, very sad. But yeah, so this is from 2001, 2002. So back when John Gregory and Graham Taylor were our managers, 
Um, it's not a it's not a season I really remember at all. It, it, I don't remember this season. I remember some of the players that played for us. So um, it's the year that we signed Olaf Melberg, Gareth Barry was in the team, Juan Pablo Angel, uh, Darius Vassell, J. Lloyd Samuel. Um, Thomas Hitzelsberger went out on loan to, uh, I think it was Chesterfield this season. So like, it's it's, this is like a lot of players that I knew sort of growing up, but just as they started to arrive at Villa Park. Um, Yeah, we won the Intertoto Cup in this kit, Dan. So, not in this kit, but this season. Surprised it's not framed on the wall in, in that in that case. I mean, we got knocked out of the UEFA Cup on away goals, but we won the Intertoto Cup this season. That's very nice. Um, I'm surprised your dad was considering throwing it away because even if, say, if even if you didn't want it, these kits can be quite rare now or can be worth quite a bit. I, I, it was a long time ago, so it wasn't so much before. Like, because now, like the retro kits have sort of become their own thing. I suppose, they? yeah, a fashion thing. Ten, ten years, ten years ago. You, no, nobody wanted them really it's just the way that, right. that it's gone true. but uh but yeah no i really like it it's got the, the thing about the sponsor that's kind of kind of different as well it's like that felt like yeah, 3d felt letters by looking at it yeah it's um so, sort of like tapered on sponsors that we have now yeah um but i actually when i, I haven't really worn the shirt because i don't like I guess it suits me a little bit, but it's if like if we release this now, I'd look at it and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I can imagine. Yeah. What on earth is but that? That's like the same with us. We're like, I mean, if some of our like Triton showers kits were released now, like yeah. everyone wants them now because they're from like the mid nineties. Yeah. Release them now. I don't think people would be into them at all. And As these years go, it's a really comfortable shirt, and I was pleasantly surprised. So. Fair enough. I, I don't remember like you say, sort of two thousand and one, two. I, I don't remember them seasons at all. But like you say, I remember players that maybe started in that era maybe signed that season then were there for a couple of years uh, or a few years um but cool i am wearing a much more recent i'll be honest when you sat down i looked at that shirt and went i don't recognize that one oh really but but the sponsor on it implies that it's fairly recent so i'm gonna say it's is it the lockdown kit is that the away kit for the lockdown season no it's the season after so 2021 this would have been released um, the home shirt which had the the collar, the white collar. No, again, no. it's the season after. The, oh. the home shirt this year was the kind of tiger pattern, the whole one. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I actually quite like, I actually quite like it. But um, in fact, I wore it to the game last night. Yeah, this is our away kit, classic yellow for blues, blue trim on it, which I really like, blue pinstripes. And this is the Lee Bowyer, the full season Bowyer had, which is a weird season because it started like fantastically. Like we won away at Sheffield United first game on, I think it's the Saturday night. Beat Luton 5-0. Had a really good home win against Derby on a Friday night. And it's weird how this season just completely, completely fell apart. And I think we finished 17th or 18th in the end. Um, I remember you got thumped by Blackpool towards yeah, the end of yeah, the season, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, gosh, yeah. Mad, that was only just over a year ago. <laughs> um, but I really love the kit. Obviously, Yellow Away is like... A, we had a, uh, I wear it on another podcast, but we had a yellow one a few years earlier as well. Yeah. I feel like blues, yellow away is like blues, kind of iconic to blues. But I kind of like that we don't have it every season. It feels more special when it's every, like, you know, sort of four or five years. I think it's a, it's a lot more special and people really appreciate it. Not a great season, but uh, unreal kit. I was more than happy to. The only thing that annoys me about it is that, the, you know, you mentioned how the sponsor on your villa kit is like the felt thing. Yeah. Obviously, 
obviously my sponsor is not like that. It's Boil Sports from a couple of years ago. But the badge is also like stuck on. It's not like sewn in. Um, oh, is it the silicone badge? Yeah, it's kind of, it It just looks, a, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it would come off if you just washed it over mm. and over again. But uh, thankfully the following season, so like last season they went back to the sewn on badge. That's the only thing, it's like a minor nitpick. It's the only thing about it that kind of annoys me. It's funny know. you say that though, because I find with the silicone badge Villa ones, because we had a good period of having them, like they're really nice on the shirt because the, they can do a bit more detail, at least on the lion and what have you. Sorry, yeah. But I always had that worry of like, that could come off in the wash. As whereas the embroidered ones, I think they don't. This one's quite a good example of one, but some of them don't maybe look as as good. Yeah, sure. But it's knowing that it won't come off in the wash. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like my um, I'll wear it on a podcast again before it eventually happens. But on the boil sports kit from the Jude Bellingham season, like the letters on that are all starting to come off now and stuff, which is a bit annoying. But it is what it is. But yes, that's uh, that's what we're wearing anyway. Do, do you want to start with the championship, Dan? Because I think, or or do you, or do you want to go down the Conference League route and get that out of the way? Well, that happened. Conference League happened first. So should we dive into that first, and then we'll get on to Blues at the weekend? Yeah. So a nice, comfortable return to Europe for us. That yeah. was. I mean, um, five nil, five nil, five one, five nil. Lee Johnson's lost his job off. Uh, it's uh, not so much off the back of it, but they lost on the weekend as well, so he's gone. Are you shedding tears over? over... Well, we were looking forward to giving him some good banter at Villa Park <laughs> on Thursday. So I don't, I don't know sh- the guy. He seems quite... Obviously, he's never glad to see anyone lose their job, obviously. He's a bit... He's... Uh, I don't know. He's a character. Sure. If he came to Blues, I don't think I'd be jumping for joy. I don't think he's yeah. like, my favourite manager. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, we, we were pretty comfortable, to be honest. Um, the only annoying thing, I think, to come out of that game was Emmy Martinez's little knock. I think it's yeah. a small calf injury. Um, it seems that it's pretty much been the way all year is that we've, we've come out of a game with an injury of some description. So. Yeah, but no, Ollie Watkins scored a hat trick. Um, he could have probably had about five, to be honest. He had a lot, he had a lot of chances, but the goals he scored were of top quality. Um, Leon Bailey got a goal, his first Aston Villa goal away from home, which was, wow. I think is will be quite a big milestone for him. Um, especially because we were talking before, like his away performances aren't great. Yeah. Um, but he played very well. But man of the match by a mile was Luca Dean. And for a player that I think six months ago, if when if he was on his way out, he'd gone, yeah, oh. you know. And he he started the season very very well. And to be honest, he ended last year very well. Um, he's a player that has actually really improved. He, he's looking more like the Luca Dean I think we expected when we signed him under Steven Gerrard, and he really struggled under Gerrard, as did so many so many players. Um, but no. Uh, to lose his place in the team and to fight the way he has, and he's been really dependable, it looks like he's going to stay now, which is good. Um, but obviously, the problem that I think the club have with him is not that his not his ability because he's a good player, but he is like our second highest paid player on like a hundred and twenty oh, wow, grand a week. What Luca Dean? Yeah, Luca Dean. Yeah, he's like he's either first. I think Coutinho is probably our highest paid, and then he's second. On well over 100k, which for who is your backup left back? Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Is ridiculous, but 
if he's going to be the number one left back and Alex, you know, his performances mean that Alex Moreno can come, can get himself back to full fitness. We don't have to start risking him. So it's all positive in that regard. And uh, we've got the second leg, um, which we'll talk about a bit later, coming up to tomorrow or yesterday or today. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever. Yeah. And uh, we were saying last week about how much would Emery rotate the team and stuff. Seemed yes. like he played mostly his best team. Yeah, uh, and obviously when you win in such style, it's almost like the fatigue isn't going to be an issue, really. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, we because we talked about last week about it. It shouldn't be, but it could be a potential banana skin, and we had to take it seriously. While we should have beaten Hibs, the cup competitions always throw up a, a rogue result here or there. I mean, the Carroll Cup results from last night and tonight will show that. No, we were professional. We didn't. Um, What's the phrase I'm looking for? It's like we respected the opposition and and we got the result that we needed to do. And to kill the game off in the way that we did in the first leg is going to be a godsend for us this week. And it means you can just totally enjoy the second leg as well at Villa Park. Yeah. Like a bit of a it's going to be so stress-free when I'm at Villa Park. Oh, yeah. Which so... and it's probably quite rare. You'll have like a game of that significance technically. Yeah. Um, and just be able to enjoy it. So it's credit to them from a a Villa perspective that they did the job so convincingly. And, and I know sometimes we have these mad, like we saw it in the League One playoffs when, um, who was it? Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. 4-0 down, but it's just, there's just no, it, it'd be a take it. It's a minor miracle if that happens. Shall we go to the championship results? Because yet again this season, Birmingham City scored a late winner. Yeah, mental. Is um, that your third in a? It might not be in a row. It's certainly your third, isn't it? Well, it was, I count Djokovic's second goal as the winning goals. So. Yeah, against Bristol City. Yeah, so technically, yeah, like a player's came off the bench and scored late to win it or seal a yeah. win, like in three straight games. Yeah, it was. So that's Plymouth at home. We won two one on Saturday. Weird game. It was probably up to up to that point, including the cup game against Cheltenham. It was. On the whole, definitely our weakest performance of the season so far. But we started really well, uh, scored an early goal. Scott Hogan uh, finally got a goal in competitive football again. He's been, it's been ages. I think I think Swansea away was maybe the last game he scored in last season, and I think that was in like February or something. But no, he got on the end of a, a cross from Mio, uh, Koji Miyoshi, who's been absolutely terrific since he came in. And atmosphere was really positive. We had a really good first half. And then second half was just the complete opposite. Plymouth just... I was kind of... Uh, last week I was saying I think Plymouth will just about stay up based on, you know, I think it was worst teams. Maybe it was a bit unfair in hindsight because I actually thought they came out and were really good second half. Played some nice football. Deservedly equalised after about an hour. I think they hit the bar just before that. And from their goal to the end of the game, it really looked, I was kind of thinking like a draw in these circumstances would not be so bad. And obviously you should be beat, you should be beating Plymouth at home, but I'm thinking eight points from four games is still, even if they're not coming from where you expect, that's a really good return. Uh, but then Jay Stansfield, who'd signed on loan from Fulham, I think the day before, or maybe the day before that comes off the bench. Jukovic comes off the bench Jukovic uh, gets a terrific assist, flicks it onto Jay Stansfield. And I don't know if you've seen the goal that Jay Stansfield oh, got. It, yeah. I mean, I'm sure even you all admit it is it's quality. outstanding. 
Like, I was going to say to you, Dan, your goal of the month competition this to start <laughs> yeah. the season is like stacked. <laughs> yeah, it's better than probably our goal of the season competition from last season. Yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, he sort of like flicked it around the defender with his right foot and then got around the defender and just sort of lashed it in on the volley. Absolutely terrific goal. 95th minute. And I thought it really spoke volumes that we didn't even play that well. At the very least, Plymouth deserved a draw. Uh, but we still found a way to win. And that's really encouraging. And I think it just kept the positive vibes going. And to have that extra striker in now. And I think he plays more of a number 10 sometimes, to be fair, Stansfield. Mm-hmm. But it's another option. And it just keeps, as we get close to the first international break, I think it's just keeping all the optimism going. Two home wins from two in the league. Three out of four. It just, yeah, another terrific game. And, you know, the place was absolutely rocking at full time. And, yeah, really, really pleased. And John used to celebrate him with the fans as well. Uh, I think he's really, you know, Eustace has always been popular with the fans, but I think he's deservedly, you know, the fans have re- really have taken to him. And I feel like that's gone up another level this year. I think people have been really impressed with him on the whole. I definitely have been. So, yeah, terrific. Absolutely terrific. John Eustace, in a similar sort of way, he does give me a bit of Dean Smith vibes a little bit. Oh, really? Just since, um, I oh, I don't know. Just since, I just, I, like you're talking about, like the connection with the fan base and that. I suppose, um, yeah. He is, he, I, I think growing up he was a Villa fan, but like he's a local guy. And, yes. you know, I think he, you know, your rivalries in your jobs go out the window, especially. In oh, of course. Apparently, Rowett, apparently, Gary Rowett was a Villa fan growing up. I don't know how true yeah. that. But it's whatever. He's a professional, and he was really, really. I mean, it, was really popular. At does it really matter if you're there and you're getting serenaded by the fans, and you, you know, oh, you started the season so well. And then again, my weekend was only ruined by um, again. You somehow went one better again the next day. <laughs> At least we're not doing it on the same day. True, true. I can I can overlook it as well. I'm like, whatever. We've done our business on the Saturday. I can enjoy yeah. my weekend. Like. Uh, but no, Burn, Burnley away. I mean, could, could have been a really tough game because their start to the season is three home games in a row, effectively, yeah. because they're not they didn't play in game week two. Um, and you know, it was everything I expected turf more to be like you know it's really their start of the season i we've come on leaps and bounds in the last 12 months but i still think we're a team that the sort you know like a burnley or like a palace or whatever we'll look at and go that's only villa we maybe can get something despite the fact we probably we you know we are a, you know one of the top eight teams in the league we pretty much dominated the game the first half we absolutely bossed um, it was only like we came out in the start of the second half and they we just didn't really get going and they scored pretty much two minutes into the half. So we had like a 10 to 15, 20 minute spell where like we looked a little bit ropey. But when we got the third goal, that, that, that was it. It was game over. But um, there was probably some eyebrows raised at the team selection. So, it, I mean, it looked like a back five. Obviously, there was no Emmy Martinez, so Robin Olsen was in goal. So for me, seeing the back five was like yeah. makes a lot of sense for many reasons. Because one, they they don't trust Robin Olsen like they, they do Emmy Martinez, especially Robin. when they you hate Robin Olsen with a passion. Apart from Nyland, but you like, <laughs> never hated a bit of player more. I don't know. I was never big on Hotton either. But, um, oh no, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But then he scored the goal in the derby, so I have to let it slide a little bit. But. Dan, I've seen some really crap goalkeepers. I've, no, I've been going to the Villa for 27 years and the amount of crap goalkeepers is like insane. I think that's one thing Blues have generally had 
is better key. In yeah. my opinion, we've had a, a obviously a keeper like Martinez is like different level, but like yeah. And Friedel was good, obviously, but Blues have had some. Well, like you've had, yeah, you've had Joe Hart, Ben Foster, or yeah. Um, you had um, Jack Butland before when he was good. Yeah, Thomas Kushak. Olsen's not great for a number two, but it doesn't look like we're replacing him. So, you know, it is what it is. And he will probably play on Thursday. So, um, but yeah, we played the back five because it makes sense. Because if we play the high line in the four and we get caught out, Robin Olsen's not going to make the saves that Emmy Martin as well. And he also can't play out from the back very well. And so you have to sort of compensate for that. Um, but it also meant that Matty Cash was actually sort of playing in midfield, a bit like how John Stones has been playing in midfield for Pep almost. It was a bit bit weird really um but man he was on the money dan because he got two goals fair enough yeah when i saw that i was i was slightly surprised i must say That's i couldn't believe it pro, Matty Cash. and it absolutely saved my fantasy premier league week as well <laughs> really? that race it completely even, saved it i haven't even checked mine since week one i just picked yeah. the team i haven't checked it since pretty sure i had luke from um but yeah, um, he he was brilliant. He play, but the last time he played sort of further, obviously when he was at Forest until his last season there, he was a winger. Um, and then he was, uh, I think, Sambi Labucci made him a right back and he had a good season. We bought him. The only other time he's actually played not as a wing back or a full back was when he played the same position against Wolves at home last year. And he was dreadful. Um and and either him or Ashley Young, one of them got subbed at half time so that the other one could play right back because it just wasn't working. But clearly he's come on leaps and bounds, and he was a winger, so he can finish. You know, I know he didn't have composure against Newcastle when he had a great chance, but yeah, sure. um, you know he's always. I think we said before like he would suit and him, Luca Dean as well. They do suit that sort of wing back style where you don't have to be a great defender and you don't have to be an amazing attacker. You can be you know, a good, solid player, but you don't have to be amazing in the, in your position. Um, I mean, Victor Moses was a great wing-back, wasn't he, for Chelsea? Oh, yeah. and absolutely. You'd yeah. say he was a bang-average player, really. So. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Just using them in the right way, isn't it, of course? You know, the only things really coming out of the game that, I'm not, you know, um, that really highlighted, Moussa Diaby, I think, you know, big money buy, attacking player. He's really hit the ground running, two goals, uh, you know, and did he get an assist? No, I think it's just two goals in the opening three games, which is a very good return, really, for a new player in the league. And he does, he's got that blister in turn of speed, and um, he could have a really, really big season for us, which is really exciting. Um, yeah. And he's linking up very well with Ollie Watkins. That's something to watch. Um, uh, the only maybe criticism I had was maybe like Pal Torres on the ball. Excellent. Absolutely incredible. But he just needs to be a bit stronger. And it will take a bit of time. You know, La Liga is so different. And international football is so different to the Premier League. But, like, you know, at Turf more away. I mean, maybe it's not the Burnley that we know. We know <laughs> no. yeah. But, like, some of these, like, Premier League teams, they're, like, hard as nails. They will just, like, those, some of them strikers will use their strength against you. And he just needs to be a bit stronger, really. Um, yeah. Because he should have done a bit better for the goal. But otherwise, you know, it'll come and he's a quality player. So... Um, it's all smiles for us. I think I said uh, last week, it's about, like, for me, it's always just aim to win your own games, aim to draw your away games, unless it's, like, yeah. for you, if it's, like, a Luton or someone you pro- who you definitely should be beating away. To go to any of these grounds, I know Burnley are newly promoted, but to go to any of them and win, I, and by two goals as well, I think is really... And Burnley are good, man. I think they'll do well this year. I don't think... Who knows? I don't see them being in any real danger going down. They'd had two... 
two weeks rest on you, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I think to go there and get three points is is um is a very good return. And the Aston Villa of old would have gone two 0 up, conceded a goal after half time, and lost three two. It's just what we would have done in the past. As whereas, and even then when we do go two one down, and all of a sudden the crowd are up, and you're like, oh god, and we're yeah. going to do it. And we're gonna, it's going to happen again. Because <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, I remember in the lockdown season we went to Turf Moor and battered them, and were one nil up and two one up, and lost the game. And like we played them off the park. You um, was it a Burnley? I could have this completely wrong. Did you go there and win? Like Wesley played scored a goal. Yes, we we won two. We were two 0 up that day. Conceded a goal, what and then you... Tom Heaton and Wesley did their ACLs, and we clinged on for a two oh, one. Wow. And what year was that? Like twenty twenty. That have been that was New Year's Day twenty twenty. Yeah, I don't know why I remember that. Pretty sure we lost three two at home to Wigan that day. I remember it. Uh, yeah, not, not our finals, oh, um, we've had some bad results at Wigan. To be relegated play. Wigan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not great. Um, do you want to talk about the Carabao Cup, Dan? Because obviously you played last night. Um, I'd say you would probably. Un- I don't know about you, but like, if we were to draw a Premier League team, I'd be a bit like, oh god, here we go. And I mean, yeah. I guess it, there's, there are a handful of Premier League teams, but to draw a championship team, he's kind of like, oh. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, it was an extra home game, a night game. So we kind of got to see all the state, the new work on the outside of the stadium all lit up and everything. So that that was really cool. Like, the, the big badge they put on the outside of the stadium and and all that. Seeing it, its first night game was really cool. Um, and so, yeah, from that perspective, like, don't get me wrong. I'm happy you get a home draw, an extra game to go to on a, you know, after work, something to look forward to. But yeah, we seem to get really just generic cup draws over and over. I was, Cheltenham, I was looking forward to, and I was not, I was good. I didn't get to go to that because um, I, I think I said last week. Oh, I went to uni down there, so I was really looking forward to that one. But then, yeah, we seem to get loads of championship teams. Like we had Blackburn in the FA Cup last year, which I think is just the most like the like what the most mind- very bland, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think the only times we've had a good draw in the last few years, we had Man City away. But that was in lockdown, so we couldn't even go. And even Man City, I don't think has that. It's not like getting Man United, is it? I don't know. There's still something bad, <laughs> in my opinion. It's not quite the same. Um, but anyway, decent game on the whole. Honestly, like it's our first loss of the season. So obviously we're at the cup. We lost three one at home, but we went one 0 down really early. Uh, first half, Cardiff were undoubtedly the better team. Really surprised by them. They looked. And especially seeing as they seem to have some players out as well. And Aaron Ramsey wasn't anywhere near the squad. But they were really good, I thought. They looked really on it, really strong, first to every ball, dominated possession. So I was kind of surprised by them because I've heard a lot of kind of negative... Uh, like, well... This year. Yeah, I mean, I watched them when they played Leeds. Might have been the opening weekend or the yeah. second game of the season or whatever. And they should have won that game, but because they they were I think they were two 0 up at half time. Yeah, yeah. And they drew two two, but I thought they were excellent. The bits I saw of them, I thought they were excellent, and they, they just seemed to be a team at least in the first few games of the season where they've actually played really well. They just haven't been able to pick up the points, or like they've just leaked a few goals and yeah. Um, and it was um, but no, they were really. I was really surprised with them. I thought they were really good. We made a few changes. Obviously, like Neil Etheridge came in, uh, Manny Longello started. A left back, Marcel Oakley came in at right back. He's not made many starts at all, um, but I'm all for that. Like I don't mind. Not even I, I don't know. I just like seeing some of these players giving a go and 
Jordan James got to start. George Hall got his first start of the season. Stansfield started. Djokovic started. So, I don't know. I, I kind of think it's interesting to see these players in action. And then second half, we came out and were better and looked more up for it and were creating chances. And so it was never... I was never overly frustrated by the game. It was kind of... um. I thought it was a decent performance, but then at 1-0, uh, Jukovic got sent off. It didn't look like a red card to me at the time. So he's been in, he's had a challenge put on him and he's gone down. And then I think out of pure frustration, he sort of dived a leg in to get back at the ball as a, the player's getting away from him. And he's nowhere near the ball. It's a stupid thing to do. It's definitely a yellow. Um, but I don't think it was, I think a red is really harsh. And I've seen it back. And the only camera angle you can see it from is you can't really see like, uh, it's, the, the, it's the camera one position, is it? Yeah, like, on the halfway line. Like pretty much, yeah. And it's not. Yeah. I can't tell, like, if because if he's gone in with his studs and you know it's high or whatever, then maybe. But just I can't see that. And interestingly, it's the same ref who sent off. Uh, we played Coventry away a couple of years ago, and Ryan Woods got sent off for a re- a quite a cynical challenge, where a player was getting away from him, and he basically like kicked him and. It's a stupid thing to do, but it's never a red. It's like, it, it's never a red. <laughs> I remember the game was live on Sky and all the pundits afterwards were like, never a red card. It's the same ref. So I don't know. Maybe there's, I don't know. Maybe that's just, I, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting co- uh, coincidence, possibly. Um, I'm not one to like slag off refs, but he did seem to constantly, he, he was, he, he was, he was did not good in my opinion. He did a pretty poor job. Was constantly just disrupting the flow of the game, giving free kicks for kind of, anything really um which is kind of something that football seems to be getting away from in this country and letting the game flow a lot more he seemed he seemed like a ref from like a couple of years ago and the sort of that mentality of like any it like the rhythm to the game just constantly being stopped so as i say from my perspective didn't seem like a red seemed harsh but blues have said today that they're not going to be appealing it so maybe i don't know maybe i don't really it's know probably only a one game ban anyway so no, it might it's like be no, no, is it three? Yeah, yeah, because I think it'd be considered like violent conduct or whatever, which is really frustrating because Duca started the season so well. And with the international break, you're looking at like a month of him pro- before he plays again, which is really, really annoying. So then we're down to 10 men, and then Cardiff get a second goal, well worked goal as well. But then we make a few subs, Hogan comes on, gets another goal. It weirdly looked better with when we went down to 10 men. We just. Maybe it's because we were losing as well, and we like by two goals, and we were just really going for it a lot more. Pull that goal back, and we're just really going for it. And so, in the last couple of minutes, Cardiff went up the other end and got another goal on the counter. So, definitely the better team won on the night. Frustrating to be out of the cup um, because more than most clubs, we should know how good like a cup like the League Cup can be for a team. But not the end of the world. Decent game, decent crowd for a cup game as well. So no, I'm not too downbeat about it, and I. You know, we had a lot of the first team players not on the like the main starting eleven players not on the pitch. I think once they're all back and we got our strongest eleven back playing, I think we'll be really promising this season still. So no, disappointing, but not the end of the world. Cool. Shall we um, move on to some transfer talk? Obviously, it's deadline day in a couple of days on Friday. I think. I'll be honest with you, Dan. I'll be glad when we can stop talking about transfers. Yeah, I um, I much preferred it when it closed before the season started. It, it I mean, it, why is the transfer window still open three weeks? It's just oh. it's for like a month. Yeah, it's into the season. Yeah, crazy. 
Well, like, I just think like like Salah's been like heavily linked with the Saudi league, and that window closes a week after the Premier League window. Liverpool might lose their best player and literally not be able to replace them. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's um. Yeah, I just... I don't know. it's all a bit of a mess. It goes on way too long, and I was I've also. I've always said the January window goes on too long, in my opinion, as well. Yeah. It'd just be maybe the first two weeks of January or something. I think a full month, I think, is ridiculous, really. Um, but yeah, has there been any real transfer speculation at Villa as we go into the last couple of days? Uh, a lot of spe- speculation around Felipe Coutinho. Um, it sounds like this Qatari side are trying to get him. Mm. Um, I don't really want to see him go because he has when we've had him fit in the last six to eight months, he's actually looked really, really good. He had a decent preseason. Um, but if the, this Qatari side are going to pay like 20 million quid, we're going to make back what we spent on him. Barcelona have a, have a 50% sell-on for any profit we make. So if we just make our money back on him, that's like no. null and void. And also, like we said with Luca Dean, he's on astronomical wages for a player that doesn't really make the starting eleven, and so when you think when you sort of weigh it up like that, I think from a financial point of view, if I mean there's no club in the Premier League is going to pay twenty million quid and pay the wages that he wants. So these Qatari or Saudi teams are the place to sort of send him if we're going to get rid of him. But so he's sort of one to watch, I think. Um, but if he goes, he needs replacing. I was saying last week, I thought he'd already got... Oh, yeah. It just yeah. seems like players who would have gone to Saudi Arabia already. It's a Qatari side that are in for him instead, which is interesting. But yeah, if you make your money back, I think it'd be pretty yeah. sensible. I can understand why you wouldn't want him to go. Obviously, a player of his ability. And obviously, the excitement when he came in and stuff. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't begrudge them begrudge them if they uh, if they did move him on. Yeah, um, it may, it would you know financially it does, it does sort of make sense, but then you got to replace him, and you know there are some good players out there that might be available. I mean, there's a few rumors around like the likes of someone like Emil Smith Rowe. I mean, if you could get rid of Coutinho and get him in line, oh, no, like, I mean, uh, the age thing alone as well as much younger. Yeah, but then in terms of incomings, uh, one that's kind of caught most of us by surprise. It's all but announced really Clement Longley is coming from Barcelona Um, he was on loan at Tottenham last year Um, he's not really a player that I've kind of spoke highly of in the last couple of years but clearly he's he's a target that Monchi the sporting director and Unai Emery want so I guess we trust trust them but I was never really convinced by him at Barcelona I thought he played in that I think he played in that 8-2 Against Bayern, I oh, mean, yeah, dreadful. Yeah, yeah. I never he played at the Euros. He was, in, I think, he played when they got knocked out against Switzerland in the Euros. I didn't think he was oh, great. Yeah, well, and I don't think he was great at Tottenham last year. But I guess if we at the weekend, especially now Tyron Mings is out for the season, we played all three of our main centre backs and Matty Cash and Luke Dean. So if we're going to play all three centre backs, we need depth and we need cover. And so he, you know, he's a player that is half decent on the ball he can play out from the back and I think in a, you know he's left footed so he sort of covers that Ming's sort of player left footed centre back um, he's not going to be he, it's a loan there's no there's no obligation or even an option I don't think to buy 
So in terms of a loan, I think there's worse players we could actually go and get on a loan, even though I've just sort of said all the things that I think he's rubbish at. But, you know, I think I think you understand where I'm coming from. There's much yeah. worse players we can go and get out on loan. So um, he must have been half decent for Barcelona to have bought him, you'd think, in the first place. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, on a side note, you mentioned that Switzerland-France game from yeah. Euro 2020. Oh, man, one of the best games I've ever, ever oh, seen. <laughs> Outrageous, 3-3. Uh, incredible um yeah blues we've had um so i mentioned ted in mengi last week as possible center back that's all gone very quiet actually i haven't actually heard mm. anything since so i don't know if that was all just i don't know something on mengi's side or something or if there was anything to it at all yeah. uh, all gone very quiet obviously we brought stansfield in the big rumour, though, this week has been to do with... So, Fabrizio Romano, the Fabrizio Romano. Yeah. <laughs> Birmingham City, um, just the other day. And it looks like we... I've had to get his name up because my pronunciation is... No, no, I'm not sure. on uh, Emmanuel Aiwu. Aiwu? A-I-W-U. So, he's Austrian, and he is a centre-back, I believe. But I'm told he can also play as a right-back. And he plays for Cremonese in Serie B. Uh, he's twenty, yeah, twenty-two. He's about he's over six foot. I think he's about six foot one, six foot two. And we really need cover at centre back and right back. Ethan Laird's been injured the last few games. I was right just about back. to say, yeah. So we've been Bakuna's been playing at right back, and he's actually done well in the circumstance. And I thought Oakley did well in the circumstance. Had a rough start, but did well the other night there as well. But it's so clearly an area teams are going to target. Um, so if he could come in as like cover for both or maybe start in one and be cover for the other if ever needed, could be really beneficial. But Fabrizio Romano is tweeting that we're apparently going to be paying like three million pounds for him, which is way more than I, 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 how much we paid for him. Quite a lot for for you guys, really. These yeah, days. for sure. And like Tom Wagner has been very open about saying, you know, all our spending, we've got to be within the parameters of the EFL and everything. And I know we've supposedly had this money coming from Jude Bellingham's transfer to Real Madrid. From what it sounds like, that money's just going towards keeping... I'm pretty sure Tom Wagner said this money's just going towards keeping the club going, basically. You know, that hadn't happened. We'd have been in huge trouble. But we were saying, we were chatting about this. Just because Fabrizio tweeted about it, doesn't mean it's happening. (laughs) There was the thing last year where he tweeted that Josh Madger, who was at Sunderland, I think he was at Bordeaux, Apparently, yeah, he... well, he tweeted that Jack Harrison was joining us a few weeks ago and then he's yeah. gone to Everton. So. We were, I can't remember where I heard this, but like, uh, Fabrizio Romano is like pay, like, he, like, clubs and agents pay him and stuff to tweet stuff. If it like, like that Madger thing was like, um, I'm pretty sure that was Blues just trying to stir something up, and Josh Madger knew nothing about it, even and he tweeted <laughs> that he was signing for us, it was just absolute nonsense. Um, so. I'm not. If it is happening, I'm not fully convinced. Three million pounds is that sounds like quite a lot to be honest. But it would be really interesting if he did come in. We definitely need cover. Although Mark Roberts is back fit now, played a bit the other night, but that could be interesting for sure. So being uh, interesting to see how he adapts from Serie B, obviously second division in Italy, to the second division in England, be a very different. I think it'd be a step up um, for sure. And then otherwise, not heard too much about any outgoings. Um, but be really interested to see on deadline day. I wouldn't be surprised if something completely random came up. And I could well, the Athletic confirmed, right? The oh, Athletic yeah. sort of confirmed 
today that you are interested in Keenan Davis, as are many championship clubs, but Blues are confirmed to be interested. We spoke about this the other week and we're like, that can't be true. But I I think he would actually be, I don't think he'd be terrible in our team. I don't know. He'd actually be decent. He's young, he's fast, um, Strong. strong. I think we could do a lot worse. It's just more like, is he a baggage from Birmingham? Is he like? No, nah, we signed him from. We signed him into the academy from like Biggleswade or something. Right. But he sort of came through our academy, and his whole career's really been with us. And... Yeah, it's more like nothing wrong with him being at Villa, but obviously he's, he's quite you know did that thing where he shushed the Blues fans at Forest yeah. and stuff and like whatever. But I'd be interested to see if even though Stansfields came in, if that's something they still go for. Yeah. I think we did have a four of Duke, Kogan, Stansfield. And Davis as your four striker options. Pretty, in the championship, it's not bad, is it? Really? No, no. Especially seeing as Duke has been so good this season as well. And I wonder if I know we've got Cosgrove as well, but I just can't see him playing much at all. And obviously Duke being out for a few. I wonder if like Duke being out for a few games now will accelerate yeah. their need. Like I don't know, it's short term, but I wonder if that would accelerate their desire to get another striker in. I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if it happened personally, but. I, th- I think I, I would as well, really. But then I suppose, you know, if he obviously already lives in the area. He's been with yeah. us for so many years. So, it, no, you know. Not impossible. I wasn't, like, too shocked to hear it was genuine and that there was genuine interest and so on. Um, but, yeah, that's that's transfers. Shall we um, Shall we look ahead to this weekend? Yeah, it's. I think this is going to be the weekend of real frustration, <laughs> um, purely because of the timings of the games and the broadcasting or lack of. Sunday again for you. So our game against Hibs on Thursday or tomorrow um, is not on telly. You right. can buy a match pass on Villa TV if you aren't going to the game. Uh, your game against Millwall is at half twelve on Saturday yes. and is not on telly. It's one of three right. early kickoffs and it's not on Sky. What, three in uh, all in the championship, the early kickoffs. Yeah, all at half twelve. And uh, the Southampton match is on Sky Sports, I believe. Yours isn't. And then our game at two o'clock on Sunday isn't on telly again against Liverpool because Sky is showing Palace versus Bloody Wolves. What a crap game that's going to be. Yeah, they baffle me. So a team like Liverpool who are on almost every week. Yeah. And the one week they've got to be on the Sunday. It is bizarre. Um, I think with our game, I think I assume it's policing that is why they're moving it, I assume. Because Mill Millwall, isn't it? They tend to not. The last yeah. few years put it on like a night game, just so people I think I assume because fans travel less if it's on like a Tuesday night, less kind of away fans and stuff. Um but yeah, obviously you've got the Hibs game. You've got the Hibs game first. You're actually going as well, right? Yeah, first game of the season for me. Um, which is going to be exciting. Um, get to hear that amazing Europa League anthem, which it is, is pretty a good. I like the Europa League anthem. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, 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 it's <laughs> better than the Champions League anthem. It's a lot. It's a proper. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I quite like it. Yeah, so that'll be quite fun to hear that in the stadium. But I think, like we said earlier, it's it's a game where we can just kind of enjoy and. The atmosphere should be pretty good. And I mean, I went to the cup game against Liverpool a few years ago when they were in the Club World Cups. So I played oh. there under 18s or whatever. And yeah. we went reasonably strong. Um and won five now. And like it was just an enjoyable, stress-free game, although they had a couple of chances, but 
I mean, from your perspective as well, I imagine if you did win by another few goals and yeah. you get this aggregate score up to like eight, nine nil, like obviously yeah. I hope that doesn't happen, but yeah, I mean, that'd be as a stadium experience, it's going to breed confidence, you know. Yeah. And so just go and win the game, even if it is like a pretty dull two or three now, whatever. Because yeah. um, the conference league draw is on the Friday for the group stage. So that's going to be really, really exciting. So we'll see. I think we'll, I, th- I don't think we'll go weak, but I think we'll make quite a few changes. Yeah, sure. I think it makes sense. Why wouldn't you play a few of the younger players, mix them in with a few of the more experienced ones? It, it, you know, it's th- there's no need to risk Emmy Martinez. You can yeah. play Robin Olsen. It's fine. You, you can play John Duran. What, what could, you don't need to play Watkins. Callum Chambers will probably get a game. Yuri Telemans will start. Bailey probably will play. Yeah. I don't think there'll be many changes past that. But yeah, because obviously we've got Liverpool at the weekend, which is going to be, we're going to need to be really on it, especially off the back of their last minute turnaround against Newcastle. So, Millwall at half 12. Uh, I assume you're going at St Andrews. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Um, as you say, it's the early game, um, which is fine. Excuse me, fine, I don't really mind. Um, yeah, interesting. So, we've had three home games in a week this week. I'm pretty confident. Obviously, Gary Rowitz at Millwall now, who... Weird, some Blues fans have, don't seem to be a fan of Rowett nowadays. Seems kind of turned on him a bit, but I don't get that at all. He's one of my favourite Blues managers we've had. I think he's terrific. I think he's absolutely terrific for us. Millwall won at the weekend. They beat Stoke at home, I think. But their start to the season has been very up and down. They've kind of... I think they're like, uh, you know, like 11th or 12th at the minute. Had a very mixed sort of bag, and it seems like the fans are maybe... Turn on them a little bit. I think they lost to uh, Bristol City at home a couple of weeks ago with like a late goal. And the fans, I think they're kind of sick of, you know, they always finish like seventh or eighth under Rowett yeah. for the reputation Rowett's got, hasn't he? I think he's, I don't know if he's ever got a team into the championship playoffs. Maybe with Derby? No, maybe no. Did you know? I can't anyway, he's not, he might have once or twice, but he's never been one to like, you know, get that final step done. So I'm pretty confident, but obviously Millwall are very, they come, you know, tend to take a, a rowdy away crowd and you never know with them and you never know with Rowett teams. They are capable of just completely disrupting you. But it'd be interesting to see. I think a few of our players are going to be um, still injured. Tyler Roberts, I think, still going to be out. Um, Ethan Laird's definitely still going to be out. Probably Dembele. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I know, I'd imagine he'll be out. So we might be able to, obviously Jukovic is going to be suspended, but we can still mostly play um, our first team. Obviously from the other night, Ruddy will come back in, uh, Buchanan will come back in at left back. Bielik missed the uh, game the other night, so it'd be good for him to slot back in. Sunjic looks so much better with Bielik. I noticed Sunjic was, wasn't as effective the other night. I didn't think with um, yeah Bakuna alongside him. So no, I'm pretty confident. Hogan getting two goals as well in the last couple of games. Hopefully, just keeps his confidence going. He is that kind of player where. Couple of goals in quick succession, he can go on a really good run. So yeah. I hope that starts now. But it'd be great if we can get if we got another win going into the international break with 13 points from five games would be outrageous. Like that'd be absolutely incredible. Um I wonder how I'm just gonna quickly look up. I wonder how long it took us to get to that last season. Yeah, so it just looked it up. It took us one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think it took us eleven games and until the first of October last year to get to 13 points. And bear in mind, last season started, it 
say the first of October, last season started early as well because of the World Cup. Yeah. If we did that within five games before the first international break, what an improvement that would be. Dan, I think we're coming towards the end of today today's episode. What do you say? Yeah, it sounds sounds about right to me. Um we will be back in the international break. We're gonna probably try something a little bit different. Um yeah. I'm sure we will react to these results in some form, but we're gonna try something a little bit different as well. Uh so look forward to that. We won't say exactly what yet because we don't <laughs> we haven't fully worked it out ourselves. But yeah. uh, no, we definitely got something planned, something a little bit different. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please do subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you're listening on. And like we said earlier, while you're at it, give us a five-star review. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter or X, TikTok and YouTube. And you can find us with the handle at Second City Pod. That's Second City Pod, as in 2ND. And yeah, if, if you want to find all our links all in one place, the second city is 2ND City Pod. Our link tree has every link you could possibly want accessible there. And we're on every podcasting platform to check us out. Um, we're, we're very close to breaking into the top 100 sports and recreation podcasts on Apple Podcasts, I think. It was something crazy like that. What? Uh, let, me, let me double check. Sports, after we edit this worldwide. Uh, in United Kingdom, that was it. That's pretty so, good, really. So yeah, in, uh, so yeah, we've we've peaked at 107 on the Apple Podcast chart in the United Kingdom for sports under football. So pretty let's good. push it up. <laughs> a couple of weeks work, not too bad. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Which is why it's important to subscribe and rate because then it's going to push it up <laughs> in the algorithms. 100%. Well, thank you for your time anyway, Cal. Um, enjoy the game on Thursday. Yeah, hopefully you enjoy um, Mill at home, um, the glamour tie. Yeah, the, we played them a couple of years ago at home and we drew 2-2 and they called, it was absolute carnage. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully not again. Um, I yeah. tend to keep my head down when they come around. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool, I'll see you next week. See you next week, Dan.